yummy turtle. Good morning, and welcome back to Coworking with Iris. We have a guest this morning who has another special guest with her. I'm very excited to introduce my friend Rebecca, um, who I've worked with for I think about six and a half years now, and um, has been a co-working pioneer, has done a lot to push the movement forward, and has really done a lot of remarkable work over the year over the years to bring um, the co-working movement and the uh, office's business center movement together and combine them um, and really uh, build bridges between those of us in both sides of that sector. Um, I've admired Rebecca for many years uh, for her ability to pull community together around her and her ability to create businesses and networks within businesses that benefit uh, all of the people involved and also just her guts and her gusto. So without any other notice, I will bring Rebecca on. And Rebecca, please tell us about your co-working story. Hi, I am so excited to be here and talk to you, Iris. Good morning. Uh, this is Sawyer, my son. And my, my entree into co-working started in 2009, so. Boy, that was a long time ago. <laughs> That's when I met you and joined the Next Face team as a employee number four, I think it was, and helped Next Face grow to nine locations. And then uh, in 2000, January of 2014, left to start Kovo, which is where I'm filming from right now. Um, and, and Kovo is, is kind of a, uh, what's a good way to describe it? It's, it's, we've been, we've been called the next generation of co-working. We think of it as kind of a, a leveling up of, of all of the great stuff that we figured out in the past and solved some of the issues, um, that we had before, and I'm sure are in the middle of making all sorts of new mistakes <laughs> because we've we've pulled together some things that have just never been done before. So we're, we're charting some new territory uh, and trying to keep all the, the good stuff that we did before on the table, like Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca, when we first met, you were touring uh, Next Space, um, where I was working in Santa Cruz, with a mutual friend, Gabriel Gasca, and your future business partner, Jamie Capozzi. And you were really looking at co-working spaces because you wanted to start a co-working space um, that was focused on designers and focused around design. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right, Sawyer? <laughs> and so I'm curious, did that influence your... Um, your goals in opening Kovo at all? Um, actually, no. But we did end up creating a space that is ideally suited to designers. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you put that together. I, I actually didn't. <laughs> um, what, we, what we were originally thinking, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give story to his grandma. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind, but I appreciate that you need to be able to focus. Um, 
we were thinking that uh, my background is in graphic design and marketing and we were thinking that it would be really good to have a co-working space that was designers and developers and photographers and all of the people that we wanted to collaborate with um, from a from a creative standpoint and then when we met you and Jeremy and you were talking about how designers are a great asset to the space but designers also need accountants and PR people and financial advisors and you can have a, a, a creative group and have incredible collaboration come out of it um, without it being niche in terms of who is permitted to be at the space. Um, and when, when you guys explained that to us, I was totally sold. It was like, yeah, the more divergent thinking you have, the better, because you never know from what industry we're going to have our next, you know, disruption of a, of a new industry. Mm -hmm. Then with Covo, our plan was to have it be industry agnostic, but we met a group called Good Design. Bill Worthen and Kyle Pickett are the two people that are behind that. And their focus was to create a space for architects, engineers, and designers. And we, we met them. They had a whole audience and no space and had no idea how to actually run a co-working space. We were developing the space but needed members. Um, so we came together and have created, Kovo is not only for architects, engineers, and designers, but we have a few components that we've added that, are, that make it very user-friendly to that um, industry in a way that co-working is not really anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, what, are those, what are those aspects that you've incorporated into your model that make it friendly to that industry, or those industries, I should say? We have a materials library um, that's something that architects and designers really need with like to be able to see all the different swatches and fabrics and textiles and substrates and stones and tiles um, for projects as well as under different types of lighting so they can see how it's all going to fit together. Mm. We have two um, large format plotters. Mm -hmm. So you can print your blueprints and your, your plans um, and your permit set. Uh, we also have Autodesk has contributed um, AutoCAD, uh, which is the, the kind of leading platform for architects. And we have training stations set up for, um, for CAD training. Wow. What wonderful resources to offer to that industry, especially um, not being a makerspace, because I could see that being offered in a makerspace, but not in a space that's geared more towards, um, you know, laptops and, and, and co-working and um, big monitors and, and designers. Uh, and are those, are these resources available to anybody to come use, or do you need to be a member of Kovo in order to use them? You need to be a member. Um, but we are working on kind of a if you're if you only need you know plotter printing or something can we 
have a level of membership that gives you access to that, but you have your own office. So mm -hmm. that's something that we're we're still figuring out, kind of the logistics. Mm -hmm. um, but we we do think we'll be able to be a resource so that you can come get your printing done, have a coffee, have a you know glass of wine, meet with somebody, kind of all all at the same time. I love that. <laughs> So I uh, just kind of stepping back to Sawyer, you, you had Sawyer in March, you launched Kovo in July. <laughs> um, how is that? <laughs> How's that going? Um, you know, are you getting any sleep? Um, what's it like to be, you know, a, a mom and a, a mom of a brand new co-working space? I, it's, it's mixed. I would say until we actually launched the bar, I did a great job of balancing and being a mom and launching the new company and it was crazy, but I got enough sleep and was able to feel like I was I was able to really deliver on both um, Sawyer and the Kobo babies. Uh, the past few weeks though have been really tough we've been a little bit understaffed. So I've also been taking bar shifts and that has just thrown everything off. I have no idea how to balance that. Yeah. We have, you know, we have the nanny till four and Jason's second in command gave notice. So Kevin's not with us anymore and Jason needs yeah. a lot more time at Fixlift. I need to be at Kovo till 9.30 or 10. So that's just been, and, and we can't really have Sawyer here because um, he's he's a little bit too too loud and, and boisterous if he doesn't have somebody that's like really watching over him mm -hmm. as, a, as like a dedicated care caregiver. So that's been that's been crazy, and I don't feel like I'm balancing well. Um, I'm curious. I've found, um, you know, I've I, my my kids are a fair amount older. I have a 16 year old. Um, and I found as a, as a parent and a working parent that I was able to balance things, um, you know, relatively speaking, when I worked for somebody else. Um, but this year I've launched my own business and, um, you know, kind of really jumped into it head first uh, since the spring. And I actually, when I left NextSpace, I set the goal of working four days a week. My goal was to make more money and work less time, you know, than the 70 hour typical work week that I did while at Next Space. Mm -hmm. And um, I've found that I'm not able to do that as an entrepreneur. As running my own business, I basically work all the time. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of like pass out at night <laughs> and then wake up at six in the morning and start going all over again, which is not, I will say I'm not balancing well right now. And I'm, I'm finding that I have to reset my expectations of what I can produce on a regular basis. I also have to reset my expectations of what I can produce at home and for my kids. Um, and I'm wondering what have you found that you have to let go of that was important to you prior um, from a business um, integrity standpoint and from, you know, I, I think of you as a really high producer. So what, what have you found that you just have to let go of the kind of expectations that you have of yourself? I think 
so you know running a co-working space is frenetic and there are a million things that come at you all the time and you're like I'm gonna get these things done today never happens it never <laughs> happens the way you think because the toilet backs up or the you know now we have the bar in the kitchen and like the kitchen floods or the there's so many things that you could never really anticipate that happen all the time um, or you have an inspector come that you need to drop everything and you know tour around the space for an hour and remember what you're supposed to be telling that inspector which is not necessarily what you're telling the other inspector <laughs> so letting go of actually needing to produce anything more than like one thing a day mm -hmm. so I've really started to limit my like what do I need to get done today okay mm -hmm. today I need to get the liquid space listings up mm -hmm. and that might not even happen <laughs> that might be in process for, for a few days um, but is everything moving forward? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I feel like Sawyer is having the most amazing experience? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I so I'm I'm trying really hard not to put pressure on myself to like oh, I didn't get done what I wanted to get done today because it just I worked all day I got I got. I got things done. It just mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily what I was planning, um, but it's all good stuff. So yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah, I think really being able to balance those expectations with ourselves as moms, and I'm I'm guessing this is the same for dads as well. Um, but you know, really being able to um, forgive ourselves for not being those high that high producer. Um, or actually for me, it's reframing the fact that I am still a high producer, but um, what I'm producing is varied. It, it, there's many channels of my production on a daily basis. Yeah, um, you're getting so much done. And I remember at one point when you were coming back from maternity leave, um, after having Dylan, you were saying, you know, I, I want to be like 100% mom and I want to be 100% uh, team member at Next Space and not being 200% of a person is just like an expectation that you can't help but fail at all the time and I think you've done a, a good job and I've, I've tried to do the same I think about that a lot I'm like okay I am 100% of a person and that's how much of me I have to give to the world, to Kobo, to myself, and that's okay. That's a fact. I can't, like, if I if I am attempting to be more than that, that's just defying the laws of physics, and I will disappoint myself. Yeah. So true, and so important for us to remember. Um, so one of the things that I've always admired about you, Rebecca, is that you do an amazing job of balancing, um, well, not just balance, no, I don't mean balance, I mean integrate. You do an amazing job of integrating personal and professional um, uh, lives, work, people, um, you integrate all of it together. And I think this 
latest project of yours is really a, such a remarkable example of having done so. And I'm curious, how was it to, to build a business with your husband, with your brother, with a baby on the way? Um, you know, do you guys get sick of each other? Talk to us about that. How, how, is, how is building a business with your family that's also becoming a family in, in your community um, is it all roses or, you know, were there some, some really big challenges along the way? When we first started, when we first had the idea for Kovo, Jason had the idea and I jumped on board pretty quickly, but I was concerned because we have really different communication styles. Jason is, a, is much, much quicker and and very like throws a lot of energy at, at projects. Um, I find that stressful, and <laughs> and I don't work very well if I'm feeling rushed. Mm -hmm. um, so I was so excited about the idea and working with Jason, and and I love him. He's my husband. He's my everything, and and um, we've worked together. He was my CTO at Nextbase. He hired me as a consultant for his company um, to help with FixSwift's operations. So we worked together, but not as partners. Mm -hmm. And I was nervous that I would just kind of get steamrolled. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was important to have a third person. So we would kind of have, you know, part mediator, part just additional brain power, part tiebreaker. Um, and Dan, my brother, who's one of my very best friends, and we just love each other and love spending time together still. <laughs> um, he was looking to leave his law firm and get into the startup world and more of the... Um, get more involved with technology and more involved in the entrepreneurial scene in San Francisco. And so we started talking about, you know, maybe maybe he would be a good third. And he was excited. Jason was concerned that um, Dan would just always agree with me. Mm -hmm. I'm his big sister. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> he's been he's been doing what you've told him to do his whole life, right? <laughs> if only that were true. <laughs> um, and and so we we started talking, and it seemed like our skills that it made sense from a from a skill set perspective, from a like we all love and respect each other perspective, but we weren't sure how decision making would go if. He would just agree with me. Um, so we kind of trialed it a little bit. And we also worked through a book that is one of the ugliest books I've ever seen, but is one of the most valuable books I've ever used, which is, um, uh, I, can, I can find a link if you want to share okay. it. <laughs> it's basically like 100 questions to answer before you go into business with someone. Oh, awesome. And I had brought it to the table when I joined the Nextbase team and asked Jeremy, I was like, I think we should go through this book. Because it, it, you talk about, you know, what do I think your motivation is mm -hmm. for this company? Why, why do I think you're doing this? 
what do we all hope to get out of this? What are we planning on putting into it? As well as contingencies like what happens if Rebecca has a baby? <laughs> what happens if, you know, one of us decides we need to move away or, or leave? Um, so you kind of talk through all of those things when you're still in kind of the, the honeymoon stage mm -hmm. instead of later. And when we wrote it all down and we went, you know, we answered all of the questions over lots of bottles of wine and lots of uh, days of talking to really feel like, okay, we're, we, we see this similarly. We want similar things. This is how we're going to make decisions. This is how, and then, so we decided like, okay, I, I think that this will work. And it has. And I, I would not recommend a family business to very many people. Mm -hmm. It is potentially fraught with a lot of additional red flags. But if it does work, there's nobody you trust more. I have no doubts or concerns that anyone is like conspiring or trying or like talking, you know, shit talk about what's going on behind the scenes because we're all very um, upfront with each other. Yeah. I love, I love how process-oriented you are, Rebecca, that is, and methodical in that. So how has this um, process that you have gone through with Jason and, and, and Dan, how has this affected or influenced the community that you're building? Um, I know you did a lot of work around building your community ahead of time before you launched Kovo. Um, and so how has that affected or influenced, if at all, your, your community vision and, and culture? I think it's really, I mean, like you, like you said before, we, I've always kind of integrated work and family and play and friends. Um, and it's, it's just kind of an extension of that. I've, I've always, I've, a lot of friends refer to me as their mom or their sister. I kind of, tend to play that like confidant or advisor to mm -hmm. a lot of people and I do the same for members and members become friends and it's just kind of a, a beautiful cyclical kind of situation where we, we meet all these people and we just like adopt them all into our family and, <laughs> and, we do, and like and it, it helps them, you know, feel like they're really a part of something and helps everybody just bring their best self to the table. It's been awesome. That's and wonderful. We still like to hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell us about Kovo. Um, there's just there's just so much happening in this model that you've created. Um and I know we covered a little bit about the design aspect in the beginning of our conversation, but you know, tell us what's the sort of short story on the different focuses you've blended together. So we felt like community and collaboration and creating those, those catalyst moments when people bump into each other and connect, that's, that's probably the most valuable feature of a co-working space as well as having, you know, heads down spots and quiet areas you can get away when you need to do really focused independent work. Mm -hmm. um, but from that collision perspective, we were 
Jason was talking about how even though you know there's coffee available and it's it's potentially like very high quality coffee, people still leave to get to to go to Starbucks to like kind of have that that ritual, that experience of going to get a drink. Whether it's a, a coffee or tea beverage or a glass of wine or a beer at the end of the day, whether it's to connect for the first time or to celebrate a win or to to drink away a loss. <laughs> um, those those liquids, those um, and the ritual that surrounds them really brings people together. And what if that were all under one roof and we could provide that kind of like cheers bar experience where everyone knows your name as well as amazing workspace. Mm -hmm. So that was that was kind of the catalyst to mm -hmm. add the coffee shop and cafe and bar um, all under all under one roof. Mm -hmm. uh, and we we are doing it ourselves. I think you asked that um, right before we started the call. It is all run by us and our staff. Um, we decided we wanted to do that so that we wouldn't have confusing intentions, like mm -hmm. conflicting intentions around. You know, if we brought somebody in that's a coffee shop person, their primary goal is to sell coffee. But maybe we want to give coffee away for free to entice people into the co-working. Mm -hmm. So we, we just didn't want to kind of have those potential conflicts. We wanted everybody to be aligned in what we're trying to do as, as a whole company. Mm -hmm. As well as learn, you know, what is it like to get into food and beverage? Mm -hmm. it, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> wow. So I'm curious about your relationship with the restaurant aspect of it because I, I love food and you know I'm a, I'm a foodie and but I've also never ever desired to open a restaurant because I understand the complexity of the restaurant business and really the, the make or break aspect of the restaurant business as well. How um, you know how has that affected? your your launch and um, and you're bringing the product to market has it has it slowed you down has it enhanced your brand offering the way that we've thought about food is we don't we don't really believe there's any money in food or in our in our projections and everything we're like if we can if we can break even on food but but provide a limited menu of excellent food so that people can stay here if they want to but but utilize all of the restaurants around here if they if they so choose um, that's how that's how we think about food mm -hmm. so it's an enhancement um, people love it we have some great pastas we have some great flatbreads uh, a grilled peach salad so we have, like, it's very good food. Um, we'll be introducing lunch and breakfast over the next month or two. Those are our kind of evening dishes. And we have charcuterie plate and cheese plate. Our, our cook, Tim, made his own strawberry jam, which is unbelievable. I don't even like strawberry jam, but it's, like, a little bit spicy. So good. Um, but that's kind of how we're thinking about it, because we were like, oh, God, we don't want to open a restaurant. 
That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like you said, fraught with complexity and yeah. it's very hard to make money. So we think about it as, you know, we did open a restaurant um, and its purpose is to kind of keep everything else working. Cause mm -hmm. it sucks when you like go to a restaurant, when you go to a bar and like, there's just no food. Then yeah. you, have to, you have to leave. So we want people to be able to stay here if they want to. Uh, so it was, it was important from that perspective. Mm -hmm. I can just see you putting um, nap pods or sleeping pods on the roof and then people will never have to leave. <laughs> I really believe in co-living. Yeah, me too. And <laughs> a, a future Kobo. Yeah. That will be very exciting. Um, so we only have time for one more question. I would love to learn a little bit about your public co-working. Um, you know, your space is beautiful, and I love the the layout of um, of that space right in the beginning. That's adjacent to the coffee shop and the restaurant. Um, and yet, public co-working is is it can be a pretty complex. Um, aspect of running a co-working space basically because how do you know who's there and when they're there and how long they stay so what is the how did you set that up and what's the tech you use to manage that aspect of the business so we wanted to be open to the public we have like three levels when you come into Kobo at the big at the front where it's the coffee shop or reception it's completely free and completely open to the public um, then we have a an app called Kobo Pass which we created, it's a tablet-based app that allows you into the hourly co-working section. And you just swipe your credit card when you come in, you swipe on your way out, and it, it tracks how much time you were there and, and charges you accordingly. Wow. So we, we wanted it to be easy, and we wanted people to be able to use hourly space, but no tech existed to actually facilitate that. Mm -hmm. so, we created it. It's working well. We're ironing out a couple of bugs. Um, but we're actually going to be uh, selling it. We're going to, for other co-working spaces or other places that want to have an hourly solution. Great. We don't, we're, we're really excited about it. We think it could help a lot of, a lot of spaces. Yeah. And how did you come up with this idea of free co-working um, in the front? Did you, um, did you get that idea from other spaces or is that something that you noticed Well, we have this restaurant and people are going to be coming in and they, they won't be able to be, you know, they won't be members. How do we handle that? We, we, we saw a couple of spaces. I mean, everybody likes working in coffee shops, but they're very limited. Everyone mm -hmm. likes it and is very frustrated mm -hmm. with the experience <laughs> at the same time. So we wanted to, again, create an environment where you have the, the benefits of working at a coffee shop, but don't have the negatives. Mm -hmm. so we have, in the free part, there are no outlets. Um, so you can take a meeting, and but it is, it is limited in what you get. But if that's what you need, then that's perfect. Mm -hmm. If you need more, if you need phone rooms, if you need to charge your devices, if you need a lactation room, if you need, you know, kind of the, the next level of what we provide, mm -hmm. it's $3 an hour. So it's very reasonable. 
and people have been thrilled. They're like, oh, this is great. I feel like, you know, I wish this was my living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And we kind of saw it as a funnel as well to, um, to get people into this space in a very low commitment, simple, easy to explain and understand kind of way. And then if they want 24-7 access and access to, you know, the shower room and the bike room and the nap room and have their own dedicated space or have their own office that, you know, they'll, it'll be easier for people to know that those offerings are available if we've gotten them in on the hourly level. Awesome. Well, Rebecca, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Kovo um, or just want to chat with you um, as a pioneer in the co-working movement? Yeah. Email is best. I'm Rebecca at hellocovo.com. And all the information is on our our website as well. I think we have a chat with Bex at hellocovo.com also. Uh, So, yeah, just just reach out. I am obsessed with this stuff. I love talking. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rebecca. It was a pleasure getting to chat here with you today. Thanks for having me, Iris. This was great. Thanks for joining us um, for this week's episode of Coworking with Iris. Next week, I'll be speaking with Hector Colonas of Included.co. Hector has a great story, a great coworking story, um, and has recently transformed his business into one which can offer group buying power to coworking spaces, as well as um, really wonderful. Uh, service offerings that can be offered to members at a discount and um, can bring in an additional revenue stream for co-working spaces. I met Hector a couple weeks ago uh, online and I'm really intrigued with what he's offering to co-working, the co-working world and the world of shared workspaces. So join us next week at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Friday for my conversation with Hector about what he's offering. Thanks so much. Talk soon.